Three, two, one. Hello all, it is Wednesday the 21st of March 2018, 12.07pm. Uh, recording this now because I've got to go to uni in, I've got to leave in, leave at one, so in about an hour. Uh, so I thought I'd rip through this, got to do my predictions for the week, um, and talk about another couple of things as well. Um, so I guess... First of all, if there's any noise outside, that's because it's, you know, the weather has taken a turn for the worse. Um, It's very overcast, been raining a bit all day, and I think it's meant to rain for the next few days, but Jesus Christ, I hope it's not raining when I get to uni, because it's just, for those of you who know where I go to uni and how bad that is, like how terrible the actual setup is of, there's hardly any undercover, and it's a big, big walk from the car park. Um, so we'll, we'll rip into it. We'll, we'll get into it. So super rugby this week starts with, um, on the 23rd. So on Friday, uh, the Crusaders are hosting the Bulls going to take, I'm going to take the Crusaders here. I think it's, um, it's a pretty self-explanatory decision why I'd take the Crusaders. They're an absolute quality team and the Bulls just, they're good away from home, and they were very good last week, but their second half left a lot to the imagination. Um, so I think the Crusaders will win. I'm going to tip them by about 12 points. I think it'll be somewhat close, but it won't be... Um, pardon me. It won't be a massive scoreline. I think the Crusaders will probably score a few tries. Hopefully, it's entertaining like last week. Uh, and once again, I don't think they've named any of their sides, which are... You know, it is frustrating, to be honest, because it's just a pain in the ass. Like, I wish I actually had the teams in front of me. Like, the NRL teams are named on Tuesday. I don't know why it takes so long for the fucking rugby teams to to name them. Uh, so, sorry, guys, just getting back to the homepage. Then we have the Melbourne Rebels playing the Sharks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Fuck, I don't know who to take. The Rebels looked pretty shit last week. The Sharks didn't look great in Canberra. I'm going to take the Rebels by two points simply because I don't think the Sharks will get the win. There's really not, like, there really isn't. I can't even put a justification behind these picks. It's just on. They both lost last week, so I think the Rebels are going to win because it's at home. Uh, then we move on to the Sunwolves versus the Chiefs. Going to take the Chiefs by 10 points. The Sunwolves have looked good, man. They they really have. I feel bad for them. It just feels like every single team is um, a little bit ahead of them. So I'm going to take the Chiefs by 10. Uh, but I expect it will be quite a high-scoring game. You know, Normally the Sunwolves can score a few tries and let a few tries in as well. So And then we have what is no doubt match of the weekend. We've got the Hurricanes against the Highlanders. Probably it's probably going to be the best match of the weekend simply because it's two Kiwi teams playing against each other. I'm going to take the Hurricanes by three points. Uh, it could go either way though because the Highlanders are currently sitting in third place and the Hurricanes are in fifth. Um, but that being said, I think just my general inclination is to go with the Hurricanes because it is at home for them at Westpac Stadium in Wellington. We'll take the Hurricanes by three, but it could go the other way. It genuinely could. Uh, I think that was the Super Rugby final about two or three years ago. So 
Uh, the next game is the Stormers against the Reds. Ah, oh, shit. The Reds are sitting in fourth place, which I don't know how it's happened, but I'm going to take the Stormers. Sorry to the Reds. I keep doubting them, but I'm going to take the Stormers by five points. Probably going to be some penalty goals in there. I can't see it being a too high, uh, too highly scored game. Um, I'm just going to take the Stormers. Really, there's no, there's not much justification. And look, I know it's shit that I can't, you know, go into players to look out for. But fuck, if Super Rugby could name their freaking sides more than two days before the game, you know, that'd be that'd be helpful. I think. Um, so I'll take the I'll take the Stormers by five points. And then the last game is the Jaguars against the Lions. Obviously, I'm going to take the Lions there in first place. Going to take the Lions by, let's say, I'm going to go 15 points. It's not going to be a huge, huge margin, but I'll go by 15 points because the Lions are probably one of the best teams in the comp this year. There's a reason why they're sitting in first place. Uh, so looking forward to that. In other news... Looking through this. In other news, David Pocock is coming back against the Waratahs in next Saturday. So thank fuck. We're finally getting Pocock back. Uh, Look, I don't give a shit who your flankers are, who your back rowers are. And I don't care if if Pocock has a bad game. He's playing seven for the Wallabies, all right? Fuck off everyone else. Except, uh, to be honest, he doesn't have to play seven. If they want to play Hooper at seven and Pocock at eight, then, you know, I really wouldn't be complaining too badly. Uh, But just the way I see it is they have to, they just have to play him. He's consistently the best player on the pitch when he plays. He just brings something else, you know. Um, He just brings a really, really high level of physicality and, um, and very strong over the ball as well. And I think he's just a great team. Oh, sorry, a great player. A uh, very good player. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to cu- seeing him come back because he was sort of, I guess, Pocock was sort of like the inspiration of, like, when you look at a rugby player, how a rugby player should be shaped. That He was sort of the inspiration for me to, I won't say the inspiration, but he definitely uh, encouraged my weights training. Um, and... You know, I'm grateful for that. And he seems like a really cool guy too. Uh, and in um, in the last bit of rugby news for the week, uh, reading a thing right now, it says, unwanted Reds playmaker Quade Cooper breaks silence on future. Uh, he's apparently staying in Brisbane Club Rugby and wants to get back into the Wallabies somehow. And look, I'm, I, I don't mind Quade Cooper, but... Jesus Christ, I just don't, I can't see that happening. I can't see him getting picked for the Wallabies from Club Rugby. Uh, and it's just weird. It's just so weird. Like, why wouldn't you just fucking go to Japan and play for a one and a half mil a season? Like, play for double the amount of money you're on. That being said, he is getting paid about 800 grand this year to play Club Rugby. The Reds have to honor his contract. So, look, to be honest, I can, you know, it wouldn't be too bad playing local club footy for 800 grand a season, if you really look at it. Um, I wouldn't mind that at all. And 
This isn't going to be the longest episode, but I sort of wanted to touch on, obviously, the rugby just then. That's pretty much all, to be honest, that's pretty much all the rugby we have right now. Um, there's not too much, not too much more, really, which is weird and kind of disappointing. Um, i gotta be, I got to be honest, uh, Damien Fitzpatrick is probably the hooker of the competition right now, uh, and for that reason, he has to be... When Australia play Ireland in June, uh, Damien Fitzpatrick has to be the Wallabies hooker. He just has to be. I don't know who else is going to do it, and I don't give a shit who else is playing. He has to be Wallabies hooker because no one else is putting the numbers he's doing. He just is better than the rest of them, and we we're in a really strange, um, at a really strange point right now where. You know, it, it's we got like all our hookers left. You know, Stephen Moore retired. Um, Pilotta now left to play in the UK, so you effectively lost both of the hookers there. And look, I'm not talking shit about anyone, but I don't. Why the fuck was a 20 year old playing for the Wallabies last year? Like, I understand he's good and he's probably a gun, but at the end of the day, man, like. There's definitely people older and more mature who can do a better job. So he's a pretty fucking big guy. Six foot tall, 106 kilos, pretty much my size. Actually, pretty much identical to my size. Um, And that's good to see because realistically, if you're playing professional rugby, you should be, and as a front rower, you should be over 100 kilos. Non-negotiable, really. Um, I think he's going to be a good player for the Wallabies. And I'm looking forward to seeing him actually get a Wallabies cap because... He really, he does deserve it. Genuinely does. Um, irrespective, we'll move on to the last bit of the podcast. So today, going to be talking about uh, unconventional training methods in terms of weights. Now, this is a bit of a weird topic um, because I guess there's just so many different ways to do weight training. Um, but I think I've been watching a lot of Alpha Destiny uh, YouTube channel, and I think it's really interesting to look at unconventional training. So when I talk about unconventional training, pretty much everyone you know trains the fucking same. They do like a, a, a chest day or a chest triceps, back biceps, you know, leg day, shoulder day, just does the same exercises, does a, you know, a couple of presses, a couple of pulls, maybe some, you know, side raises for the shoulders does leg extensions, even though you'll fucking destroy your patella tendon if you do leg extensions. Uh, does upright rows to hit the side, to hit the, hit the medial delts, hit the shoulder width, um, even though you'll most likely end up with shoulder impingement because of internal rotation of the shoulders, which is where your shoulders roll in um, and roll forward, which is where you get that hunchback look from. Now, when we talk about unconventional training, we talk about really just exercises you've never even seen before. Like, for example, um, I actually tried to do it yesterday, and I'll be honest, I noticed it. He always, um, his name's Alex. Alex always talks about uh, rack pulls. So basically, a rack pull is a shortened range of motion deadlift. And, um, and basically, what you do it, you do it in a, in a power rack, um, and you set the safeties up. So you can do, typically it's from three different heights. There's below the knee, um, where the bar is set up below the knee. Uh, 
at the knee, where obviously the bar is set up at the knee and above the knee. Rack pulls above the knee. It's like a it's like a, a meme on the internet right now. So basically what it sort of looks at is unconventional training methods for reaching your goals. And this is another thing that you know sort of pisses me off. But back to just back to before I get into that, just what I was saying about um about the rack pull. So I was doing rack pulls below the knee because someone else was using the deadlift platform. So I was like, fuck it. Um, I'm going to use, I'm just going to do some rack pulls, get a bit of um, posterior chain loading anyway. So I worked up pretty heavy, got up to sets of five at 160, which wasn't, you know, it's not fucking overly heavy, but it's a bit heavier than I deadlift. Uh, and then I looked at it and I was like, well, shit. Afterwards, I got the, you know, I just got insane um, muscle soreness in my traps this morning. My traps and my upper back have blown up overnight. And it, you sort of just look at it and it's like the weighted stretch is actually important. You know, people always talk about, you know, slow and controlled movements. And really, I don't think that fucking does shit. You know, I, people always talk about, you know, you've got to use light dumbbells for traps and do slow reps with a contraction at the top. And it's like, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Like, ask me this. Why do all strong men have huge traps? They don't do shrugs. They don't do slow controlled shrugs. It's the weighted stretch from farmer walks where they're holding heavy shit in their hands and it's pulling pulling them down and they're resisting it through their neck, their traps, their back. You know, it's those kind of things. So it's crazy to me that people would say um, would say otherwise that doesn't work, that you have to go slow and controlled because obviously you don't. And then the other thing, like I was saying about um, working for your goals, it's it pisses me off when people say, oh, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. You don't have to do shit. You know, if you don't want to have big legs, you don't have to fucking train legs. You know, you, you're probably going to look a bit retarded if you have skinny legs and a huge upper body, but you don't have to do it. Um, the only time I would recommend it is if you're an athlete or you want big legs or you're a power lifter. Really, that's the only time I'd recommend actually doing going heavy on legs because it's a fu- legs legs are hard to train. I train them three times a week, and it is hard to do it. I don't know anyone else who trains lower body three times a week, um, and it's hard to do it. But people will think, "Oh, geez, don't you get sore?" Well, that's the crazy thing about it is when I train legs once a week, I do way more volume. I do way more. You know, the it'd just be so much longer, and I'd be fucked for like three or four days. Now I'm, you know, I'll train, say I train legs on the, um, on the Saturday, I'm good to train them again on the Monday because, you know, that's partly a recovery thing as well. My foam rolling and my static stretching after my workout, which I always do for about five to 10 minutes, um, after every single lower body workout. But it's just, it's one of those things where you've got to train in accordance to your goals. Like for example, if you're a, Shit, how'd I put this? If you're a body, an actual bodybuilder, like you get on stage um, and compete as a bodybuilder, well, obviously your main goal is going to be the actual, the look. You're not going to be too concerned about the weight you're lifting um, or, you know, really, you're not really going to be worried about anything other than your actual look. So it makes sense for you to do exercises which are going to accentuate that look. You know, same with, if you just want to look fucking huge, 
you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, the muscles you want to develop if you just want to look huge, and I'm I'm not even someone who wants to look that big. I'm without sounding like a dick, I, I'm at the stage right now where I'm big enough. Like I don't that, that's the reason why I always wear loose fitted t-shirts and shit. Is it like I don't actually like looking like a meathead. You know, I, I love lifting weights, but I don't I don't want to give that perception to other people that I'm just a meathead. Um but you've got to realize that it's just important to train how you want. So if you want to look huge, really the muscles you should actually look at, uh, the first first muscle is going to be the shoulders. You know, Rich Piani used to say, you know, we're training shoulders because shoulders can never be fucking big enough. And it's so true because realistically, shoulders are going to just make you look... I've never come across someone with big shoulders and someone thinks, oh, they look small. And there's a difference between someone who like has a small waist and big shoulders as in like a skinny guy. A lot of people have genetically like that. I mean like big fucking round, you know, gorilla shoulders, like a, like a steroid head. Do you know what I mean? Like that's why most people on steroids have huge shoulders and traps as well. They normally go together well, but there's a reason why people with steroids have, I'm sorry, people who use steroids have big shoulders and traps. And normally, let's be honest, normally the biggest people out there are people on steroids. So if you want to look as big as possible, which I'm not saying you do, I'm not saying, like, I definitely don't, but if you're wanting to look as big as possible, then you're going to want to develop those areas. You're going to want to prioritize shoulders, traps, the neck as well, forearms, because realistically, how often are you not wearing a shirt? Or And it also... If you have big forearms, it just um, normally comes from good grip strength. And grip strength is just, it really is just great for everything. Um, you know, there's no straps in the jungle, bro. <laughs> you, you can't wear straps in the jungle. Obviously, if you're, um, if you're rack pulling like anything more than four plates, I'd say, fuck it, just put on straps, mate. But obviously, if you're a power lifter, you can't wear them. Um, if you're a strong man, you can. And if you're a bodybuilder, obviously, it doesn't it's not your sport. You're just trying to look a particular way. Um, but I would, you know, recommend not training. If you want bigger forearms, I'd recommend not training with straps. You know, I don't train, I train raw as anything. The only thing I wear is when I squat, I wear, I sometimes wear knee sleeves and I sometimes wear wrist straps as well because I low bar squat. But other than that, man, I'm, I lift raw as shit. Like I just, chalk up, chalk, chalk the hands up and I'm ready to go. Um, and I think that's been a huge, it just feels more natural as well. You know, I just, I really prefer it. Um, and then the last two areas are going to be the back, which is your back potential to grow is huge. Look, I've, in my opinion, back is the, one of the quickest muscle groups to grow and it's fucking easy to grow it. And I'll tell you how heavy deadlifts, heavy rows. That's it. And possibly, and some pull-ups as pull-ups or pull-downs as well. That's it. But a heavy, you know, heavy deadlifts or heavy rack pulls, one of the variations, you don't have to deadlift if it's not your sport. You can, you do, you can just do rack pulls. That's fine. It's going to develop a huge back. It truly is. And I, I would attribute, um, my back thickness, which is probably, um, one of, I guess one of the more noticeable aspects of my physique is how thick my back, my upper back is. Um, I would attribute that to deadlifts really. Um, 
I probably, looking back on it, probably wasn't loading the hamstrings as effectively as I could have been. Um, but, you know, looking back on it, it doesn't really matter. I have quite quite a big upper back and um, it is a pain in the ass sometimes, but it works. And, you know, the, the basics always work as well. Just remember that if you're ever addressing uh, a, a, any kind of training regimen, um, the basics work, which is why exercises like push-ups, sit-ups, bodyweight squats, they all work. You know, it's just, I'm at the point, you know, I'm at a training age now where I can't really be doing just push-ups. You know what I mean? I, I couldn't do push-ups for strength. I'd have to be doing push-ups for very, very high volume to see any strength increase or um, hypertrophy increase as well. And then the last one is actually the glutes. Now, the glute glutes are actually going to make you look big because the glutes are going to make your upper back look bigger. And I know that sounds really strange, but if you look at someone with big glutes they know, and, and a big upper back, they just look big. Um, but aside from the look of having big glutes, it's a function thing. It truly, truly is a function thing. Um, normally, people with strong glutes have less knee problems, which is something I've noticed. Uh, if you have strong glutes, you're going to be able to run faster, jump higher, you know, you're going to have more powerful hips so you can effectively run faster and jump higher and further. Really, there's absolutely no downfall to having big glutes other than that if you wear jeans, they're going to be a pain in the ass to fit into. But realistically, if you're an athlete, you want to have strong glutes. Um, and you can just YouTube importance of glutes in um, importance of glutes in athletics uh, and any athletic, any athletic event really. And you'll be able to see that. So really, I guess unconventional training is about just doing the things that you want to develop, you know, and I'd also, I think unconventional training is really good as well because it gets you strong in positions where you're not typically strong. Like if all you do is bench press, squat and deadlift, well, what's going to happen when you need to do a reverse grip bench press? you know, where your hands are facing the other way. That's something I've loved started to, I love doing now. But if you never train it, you're never going to get good at it. And obviously there's too many bases to, um, there's too many bases, I don't know, you know, to cover. But, you know, if you can cover as many as possible, then you're going to be an, a well-rounded individual, well-rounded athlete, well-rounded physique, if that's one of your goals. It's just one of those things where I think there's never going to be a, uh, and there's never going to be a perfect way to train, just a, a very good way for you to train. So um, I'll wrap that up now. I've been been sitting back in the chair, just talking about it all. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, it's been 23 minutes. Uh, so this is going to be going up on the Thursday as per usual. Only two days left until the weekend. Holding out for the weekend. You've done it before. You can do it again. Uh, and I'll catch you guys next Tuesday.